0: Luke chapter 5 and verse 6 through 7, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. I know you know what it is to upgrade your phone. You know what it is to upgrade your computers, to upgrade your cable TV. I believe it's time and I'm preaching this morning on the upgrade. Everybody say the upgrade. upgrade. It's time that we upgrade our capacity. This is what God is doing. God is upgrading our capacity to receive everything he has for us to receive. I love this church and you know the scripture that when two or three are gathered, there he is in our midst. How many of you feel God in our midst this morning? And that's why when we come and we gather in, in this place, the Bible says we are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. And this is his church and Jesus is building his church. He is here, he is high, he is lifted up. And this is why when we come to the house of God, we come with an expectation because we know when God is in our midst, God has an impartation for our lives and that will bring a transformation in our lives like never before. I believe God's initial work in us is to upgrade our hearts and to give us the capacity to receive everything he has for our lives as he wants to accomplish through us. I believe we're gonna enter into a new season and a a time of invitation to come and see the hand of God renewing, restoring, re-energizing, expanding, and uh, and enlarging and upgrading our hearts, ultimately for overflow. How many of you glad Psalms 138 verse eight says, "God God will perfect that which concerns me. He will fulfill his purpose and not abandon the work of his hands. God has already prepared the next chapter of your life. God has prepared already the next season of your life. And whatever problems, whatever situations, whatever challenges have arisen, God has already a solution in place. And the very place of your life that you toiled in the area of relationship, where you've toiled in ministry or finances or moving forward to God, or uh, whatever you've done in yourself that has come up empty in that place, God says it's gonna be that very same place that once came up empty in your life, that very same place, God is gonna bring increase, God is gonna bring abundance, and God is gonna bring overflow in your life. God wants to impart a grace that gives us an internal witness That God is at work in ways beyond the natural and beyond ways we can know. I believe God plants and imparts a measure of expectation that is not limited by the confines of the natural. And this is the reason we don't look at things that are seen, but we look at things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Sometimes we despise the process, but it's the process that positions us for a greater promise. Can I get an amen? The longer the process, the bigger the prize, and one moment from God can shift your life as you act on what God is beginning to show you, and you begin to see it. Once you see it, you can seize it. But it is God that helps us see things and believe for things that we could have never seen or believed except God bring it to our heart and expand the capacity of our heart. That's why he told Abraham, Abraham, I'm gonna help you come outside and I'm gonna multiply your seed as, as the uh, stars of heaven. Come outside and look up into the heavens and I want you to see that I'm gonna multiply. I'm gonna help you to believe. How many of you are glad that God is a God of all hope who will fill you with all peace and joy in believing that you can abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit? Come on, Jeremiah. I know you're weak. I know you can't feel like you can't talk much. I know that you feel like you're a child. But Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah looked and saw an almond tree. Almond trees were the first tree that that began to spring in the winter before the spring, while all the other trees were considered to be still sleeping. What do you see, Jeremiah? I'm going to help you believe to come out from what you are, how you're seeing yourself to what I have for you. What do you see? He says, I see an almond tree. He said, you have well said, for I'm going to hasten my word to perform it in your life. Can I just tell you, God is getting ready for an acceleration in your life like you've never believed, and it suddenly can happen. And I say, Lord, even let it happen today, a suddenly in our life where you touch us, where we are never the same again. You know, when moments of opportunity come, they are not based on our ability. They're not based on our academics, but they're based on our availability and yielding and surrender. And one moment can make the difference. I want to say, don't ever sell yourself short by leaning on the arm of the flesh because you will cheat yourself out of so much that God has for you. Jesus said, the flesh profits nothing, but the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You know, there are some things that are absolutely impossible with men, but how many of you know what is impossible with man is possible with God, and it's possible to them that believe. And I want to say it's not about how smart or how skilled or how talented or how educated. I'm here to tell you, it is time to lean into God because it's not by might and it is not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. I'm here to tell you, eye has not seen and ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. And I'm here to tell you, God is enlarging and upgrading the capacity of your spirit to see great and mighty things. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. I'm feeling good already. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know why that chair was up here. I knew I wasn't gonna be sitting in that chair, amen. (laughs) Some of the characteristics for upgrading your heart for overflow, and I want you to look at Luke chapter five, verse one, if you're looking at your notes, but you can write it down. And so it was, as the multitude was pressed about him to hear the word of God, that Jesus stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Here is an ordinary day, and people are pressing in upon Jesus because they wanna hear a word from God. And that word press means to force and to focus on something or someone. These were people who were absolutely, as Sam said a while ago, desperate. They were hungry for an intense desire to hear what Jesus was speaking. Hallelujah. Thank God When times and situations come, let me say it this way there is a moment that you decide, there's another kind of desperation. And Sam was talking about the, Pastor Sam was talking about the desperation of hungering for God. But sometimes people get hungry and they shift either by inspiration or by the wrong desperation because life is so hard. There is a moment in your life when you decide, I am not going back to the same old lifestyle that has been dragging me down. I'm not going back ever again to being abused. I'm not going back to a life of addiction. I'm not going back to low living. I'm not going back to low places, amen, where the, I don't know how that song goes, we won't go there, but those, those negative habits in our life, I'm not going back. I, I need to hear a word from God. I've heard what man has to say, And I've heard uh, and seen what man has to offer. But the greatest need of my life is to hear a word from God. And I'm hungry in my life. I'm tired of the way I've been living. And I'm going to press in and I'm going to do whatever it takes to hear a word from God. How many of you know, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness? Sometimes people press hard and are passionate for the wrong things. We work hard at doing some things that have been the crazy things in our life. We've self-sabotaged our lives in so many ways, but we press in because we had to do it our way. and we pressed in with some crazy things in our life and pressed in, but we need to realize I am not going back ever again. I'm tired of that life. I'm not going in the wrong direction anymore. I'm going to stop. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to press in to hear a word from God like never before. We pray with Paul in Philippians 1. This is my prayer for the year. I'm going to approve the things that are excellent, that we might be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. Amen. Some of us need to approve what is excellent in our life, to choose prayer, to choose the word, choose right relationships. And then Paul said, I'm going to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I've learned a long time ago, you really don't choose your future, but you choose your daily habits and your daily habits will create your future for you. In fact, people have said many times, well, I want to hope I have a great and wonderful new year. And it's not really about having a great new year. It's really about having a great new day each and every day. It really is one day at a time. It really is one day. We don't say, well, I'm going to count the days of the year, but we're going to make the days count. Because how many of you know, as our days, so shall our strength be. David said, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. When it comes to a new year, have a good day on top of good days. Jesus said, give us this what day our daily bread. Amen. Paul said, our uh, outward man perishes. Our inward man is renewed day by day we are promised provision we are promised strength weeping will endure for a night but white joy comes in the morning his mercies are new every morning we are promised new mercies we are promised joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. We are promised a uh, provision. We are promised strength. We are promised all of that for today. I'm going to have one good day today. I'm going to say this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to have one good day today on top of another good day tomorrow on top of a week. How many of you know it's day by day? It's not just week by week. Thank God for church. Amen. Thank God for coming together. But sometimes, on a Monday or Tuesday, you've got to have your own church for yourself. You can't call up Pastor Drew and say, Pastor Drew, will you sing me some worship songs so I can worship? How many of you know, sometimes you got to sing to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. (laughs) Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You can't call up Pastor Sam on the phone. Pastor Sam, would you preach me a sermon? I'm really feeling down today. Why don't you pick yourself up and get in the Word and preach to yourself, prophesy to yourself, and say, God has good things for my life. I'm going to shake off heavy bands. I'm going to lift up holy hands. I'm going to let my inward man be renewed day by day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalms 119 verse 59, I thought on my ways and I turned my feet toward thy testimonies. The message says, when I took a long, careful look at my ways, I got my feet back on the trail that you have blazed for me. Can I tell you, it's all right sometimes to stop and think and say, I'm gonna turn my feet back toward his testimonies because they are the right way. You know, Pastor Sam and I was talking the other day about the ministry and there's an approach to preaching nowadays that concerns a lot of us, and it's not just the approach of uh, analogies and this and that and the other, but there is a dumbing down of the Word of God in a lot of pulpits today. And it actually is very disturbing, literally not only dumbing down, but actually denying the authority of God's Word. And when you deny the authority of God's Word, you can now then bring in all other kind of stuff. And some of that, some of it is that you can then embrace every kind of secular and humanistic worldview. And when you buy into that kind of philosophy, you will then be starving God's people from the very thing they need in order to rise above seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Come on, somebody. And that's why we cannot not only dumb it down, we say the Word of God is the authority, amen, from beginning all the way to the maps, amen. It is the authoritative Word of the living God. (laughs) David said it this way in Psalms 119, verse 28. He said, I esteem your precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. So I don't care what is being said out there. I'm thankful for a church. I'm thankful for a friend and I'm thankful for a pastor, amen, who knows that that Bible is the authoritative word of God and esteems that word to be right above all everything else and we hate every false way. Come on, how many of you glad Jesus was born of a virgin? Come on. How many of you glad he was 100% God and 100% man? How many of you glad he lived a sinless life? How many of you glad he died on an old rugged cross? And he didn't just die for me. He died as me. He took my place. Amen. He was buried in my place. But thank God on the third day when he came out of that tomb, he rose victorious. Amen. And when he came out of that tomb, I came out with him. Hallelujah. Because he lives, I too shall live. Hallelujah. And not only that, when he ascended far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in that world, but in that world which is to come, and gave him the head over all things to his church. How many of you glad when he sat down at the right hand of God? You sat there with him. You are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. Amen. Hallelujah. I wanna tell you the Word of God is still quick, it's still powerful, and it's still sharper than a two-edged sword. There is something about coming to church and hearing consistently the Word of God in your spirit. Amen. It helps you. You don't have to live in the crazy zone of this world, but you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if there ever was a day not to let other people's mentality become your reality, it is today. Because only my reality is only what God said about my life and not anything else. Amen. So you shall... Know the truth, and the truth shall so we gotta be word focused, we gotta be growth focused. Number two is growth focused. Luke five two, I love you, church. It's practice. Come on, I love you. See, I got it for me today, amen. Luke 5.2, it says, they noticed two boats on the water's edge, and when they had stopped speaking, they said to Simon, launch out to the deep and let down your nets for a catch. God wants to show you that there is more. Come on, Simon, we're going to launch out into the deep. We're going to get some substance to our life. How many of you know Netflix won't fix anything spiritual in your life? Hulu is probably not going to give you a hallelujah. <laughs> Amazon Prime isn't going to advance you into your God, God purpose. I came up with those on my own. It's free of charge today. So many people are called to expand and upgrade their life much deeper, but they're wallowing in the flat lands of mediocrity. I've learned this. The devil can't really steal your gift. He can steal your time. He can steal your energy and cause you to short-circuit your gift. God gave you the gift of imagination. God gave you the gift of vision and dream so that you can never have to live contained only by what you see. You don't have to... Let me say it this way. There is a power in a dream and a vision because your future is created and fueled by a dream. And when you have a dream and you work that dream on a daily basis... You don't have to live contained by the narrow environment that is around you. The enemy wants to fight for your future. The enemy wants to fight for your vision and what God is trying to show you in the capacity of your heart. The enemy is fighting for the promise of God in you. He's fighting for your potential and what you will become. How many of you know it's not just where we're going, but it's what we become in the process? Vision causes us to live according to the destiny that God has for us. Can I just tell somebody, it is hard to shake a godly vision. When God puts something down into your spirit and you begin to see it and you begin to move toward it, you'll face hell and high water. There will be more warfare than you can ever imagine, but there's also gonna be more breakthroughs than you can ever imagine. (laughs) You cannot shake a godly vision once it's down everything in the everything hell has to come will throw at you but you will get back up in the morning and when your feet hit the ground you're going to say thank god i know what you have put on the inside of me you don't really have a vision the vision has you and when distractions divisions uh, diversions and uh, interruptions disturbances and obstructions and intrusions come into your life You see it for what it is. You realize the enemy is trying to come to steal your vision and you're not gonna give up. You're not gonna back up. You're not gonna go negative. You're not gonna start complaining. You're not gonna start blaming. You're gonna stand. You're gonna fight. You're gonna persevere. You're gonna hold on to that vision because you know that vision is from God and you're not gonna be denied what God has put on the inside of you. (laughs) You don't give up. Ever what you ultimately want for what you want in the moment. Come on, somebody. You lay aside every weight. You lay aside every sin that tries to beset you. You guard your time. You develop your disciplines in your life because God showed you something much bigger than where you are right now, what he has for you to be, what he wants you to do. And when you see that, there is nothing gonna shake that from you because it's not from man. It is from God. Amen. The prophet Agabus came and said, Paul, if you go into the city of Jerusalem, you're going to get beaten. And he was telling the elders there at Ephesus, he said, it has been witnessed to me, amen, that when I go into Jerusalem and all the cities, there's bonds and afflictions that await me. But he said in, in uh, Acts 20:24, 20, he said, "None of these things move me; neither count I my life dear to myself, that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry that I have received of the Lord, and to testify of the gospel of the grace of God." I'm here to tell you, it is time we get that godly vision and say, "Lord, upgrade my capacity. I am not going to be denied what you show me on the inside." and I'm gonna press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You will always act consistently with the way you see yourself, and the whole goal of the enemy is to get you to act out of what you are not. Luke 22:31, 31, Jesus later, and I'm, I, I wanna just take this for a moment, but he said, Simon, Simon, and he used the word Simon, Simon, when he had already changed his name to Peter, which is a small rock. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you. What was Jesus doing? He was trying to tell Simon, Simon, the enemy is trying to pull you back into what you used to be and your old self, but Simon, you are not that anymore. You are Peter. The only way you will fail and fall back is if you do not realize who you are in Christ right now. You are not that old man anymore. How many of you glad if any man be in Christ? He is a new creation. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are made new. Amen. When you hide yourself in God, who he made you to be, the enemy will not be able. He will strike, but he won't, it won't stick because you realize I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I have been made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Amen. I am who God says I am. I have a young man in my church who just joined the church, and he's been in our church for about six months. His name is Edwin, and he just uh, was talking to me about his life, and he said, I just moved from Chicago, Pastor. He said, "Uh, a couple years ago, I was in a gang. Pastor, I did some horrible things, but uh, suddenly I realized my life has been a life of endless negative cycle and self-sabotage. I've done some terrible things, but I found out he said, I went to a service in Chicago. I found out that that's not who God made me to be. He said, I am not going to be defined by what the gang says I am. I'm not going to be defined by what my past says I have done. I am only going to be defined by who God says I am. Amen. <laughs> and if I can do that much harm for, the, uh, for, for when I was in the gangs, I'm going to do that much good and be a general in the kingdom of God. I said, you go. Amen. Action. Everybody say action. Action. Growth. 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 Word. Word. Focused. Luke 5, 5, Simon said to him, Master, we've told all night, we've caught nothing. Here is God trying to give an invitation and Peter, Simon offers him a limitation. How many of you know we got to be careful when God tries to show us something that we don't try to come up with all the excuses? I'm the fisherman, Jesus. I just told all night and caught nothing. How many of you know God has a timing for your life? In the same place that you came up empty, how many of you know it's going to be the same place when you learn to trust God, it's, you're gonna, your net's going to be a net breaking anointing. Amen. You're going to have overflow. Action. We're not just hearers of the word, we're doers of the word. Nevertheless, verse 5, at your word. God did not call us to be safe. It's, It's very shallow in the safe end, but God didn't call us to be safe. He called us to a life of trust, and sometimes that requires sacrifice. Jesus had to put down the hammer and the nails of the carpenter shop Because when he was 30 years old, to take up and be who he came to be and do what he came to do. Paul had to let go of the prestige of being a Pharisee, uh, uh, to be a servant of Jesus Christ. And he said, I count all things but lost but for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. How many of you know when you let go uh, of what is in the past and you reach forward to what is forward, That is taking action, and God will begin to move you into what he has purposed for your life. Sometimes when opportunity for promotion comes, or change comes, or increase comes, the whole new, it's a whole new area. Let me just say it this way. Sometimes we're more comfortable in our dysfunction because we are familiar with our dysfunction. But when God tells us to launch out, Sometimes we have more fear of the unknown, of what's ahead, and and that, and we step back, and we say, I'd rather stand my dysfunction, because at least I'm comfortable, at least I can manage it, at least I've learned how to navigate in my dysfunction. Anybody here this morning? And sometimes we got to learn to say, I'm shaking this off. What am I doing? I don't know what all is ahead. I don't know all that God has for me, but I know he's calling me to launch out into the deep. And sometimes you gotta stop, you gotta look, and you gotta say, I'm tired of living where I am. I'm gonna rise up and I'm gonna step out into the unknown. I'd rather trust God with what I don't know in myself than where I have been messing around in this little mess all my life. I'm done with that low living, amen. Hallelujah. You may feel like, feel like it's way over your head, but God's about to launch you into something, and it's not gonna be about your ability. It's not gonna be about uh, what you can do. It's about his ability through you. Sometimes you gotta take a risk, and sometimes you gotta let things go of your life and say, I'm gonna stick with what God has for me. It's okay to exit some things. God has some new things for your life. My last point here is partnership. Everybody say partnership. God never sends you on a journey without already lining up the resources to see you through. When you get a word from God, that's the only permission you need to pursue your promise. Hallelujah. The first recorded words of Jesus ever to Peter was in this verse. And it's back up just to verse three. Can you push me? He got in the boat when he was trying to get away from the people. Can you push me, Peter? Can you push me out just a little bit? Can I use your boat? All I need is to use your boat right now. Can you push me a little ways out there? And Peter, without one act of hesitancy or excuse or word of objection, Peter gave Jesus his boat. That small act of obedience started an avalanche that ended in an overflow of nets breaking full of fish. Simon made Jesus his senior partner, and he never ever regretted it. Because you see, my job is to yield my boat. My job is to cast the net when God says to cast it. It's God's job to send the fish. My job is obedience. God's job is the supply. My job is faithfulness. God's job is to get the results. My job is to do what he asks, and I'm going to let God handle the outcome. When God is your senior partner and when God is the captain of your ship, I want to tell you something. You'll never regret it. Amen. You'll never be ashamed ever in your life for putting your entire trust in God and what he told you to do. God will be faithful. And if he said something, he will do it. And if he spoke it, he will make it good and bring it to pass. Amen. Amen. Don't get stuck in the conflict of your life that you forget to live out of the new creation of your life. You are now a child of the living God. Everything you see in this universe came out of God, and you are reconciled to God. I'm here to tell you, don't get stuck in your little life that you forget to live out of the creation of who you are in Christ Jesus. Make him your senior partner. I want to just end with this illustration, but... My dad was a pastor. My dad was a missionary, so I grew up in Japan, and I grew up in the Philippines, and I'll never forget one day my dad came into the house, and he had been chauffeuring a man by the name of Jacob DeShazer, who was in the army, and he was part of General Timothy Doolittle's raiders who bombed Tokyo, who bombed uh, Nagoya, and uh, just... uh, his own testimony, I'll never forget, when he came in the house, and I got to sit and listen to all the stories, he was so angry at the Japanese. He was so angry that they bombed Pearl Harbor. He had friends that had worked on Pearl, at Pearl Harbor. He was so angry. So when he got to be part of uh, uh, Doolittle's Raiders, he was so happy, so glad to bomb Tokyo and Nagoya. One day in the B-52, they were flying and bombing, and they had to navigate away from uh, the enemy uh, planes. They ran out of gas. The plane uh, crashed. They parachuted out. And he came into uh, t- uh, enemy-held territory. It was in China, but it was owned by the Japanese uh, area. He went into a prisoner of war camp. And in that prisoner of war camp, he began to just hate the Japanese for all that they had done. 40 months in a Japanese war camp, He was so angry. He was so bitter. He was so full of venom at everything that was going on in his life. And there in the Japanese war camp, he remembered when his mom took him to a church one day uh, when he was a boy. And he went to that church, and he remembered reading the Bible. He asked and bribed one of the Japanese soldiers to let him have a Bible. And uh, on the screen, I believe there will be a picture of him, uh, one of the men on the left. There it is. Uh, Jacob DeShazer. And he had a, he, the Japanese soldier, for some reason, gave him a Bible. And it was about 36 months into his, and most of his time was was held in, in, in a solitary confinement. He read that Bible, devoured that Bible. His heart began to break. The Holy Spirit began to touch his heart. And there in that cold cell, he gave up his life and said, Lord, I'm full of hate, I'm full of anger, I am so angry. Here's my life, I'm in, a, I'm in a Japanese war camp. Lord, if you can do anything with my life, Lord, here I am, I surrender. i make you the senior partner of my life. Do what only you can do in my life. Jesus came into his life and Jesus became the Lord over his life. And some months later, four months later, the war ended, he got out. He went back to the States in Washington, but the Lord began to deal with him. He said, I want you now to be a missionary back to Japan. And he said, Lord, I'll do it. So he prepared and came back to Japan and he was there when we were there uh, preaching and he came to Japan. He wanted to go specifically to Tokyo and to Nagoya to the areas that he bombed when he was with uh, uh, General Doolittle's Raiders. He went back into those cities and began to preach the gospel of jesus christ he wrote a pamphlet i was once a prisoner of uh, the japanese nation that was a simple title but in it was the gospel one of the men that was reading the gospel in 1950 in the month of april 1950 was the other man back on the screen if you would and his name was mitsu fuchito mitsu fuchito was the commander of 360 planes. He was the leader, commander of the Japanese Imperial uh, Planes Army that bombed Pearl Harbor on December the 7th, 1941. And Mitsu Fuchido in 1950, that long after the war, he was reading a track by Jacob DeShazer. And he began to read that track, and his heart, Mr. Fujito's heart, began to break. And he opened up his heart and said, Lord, I don't know you. I've been, he was a Shinto all his life. He was a Shinto, Shintoism. All he'd ever known was hatred for Americans and hatred. In reading that track, he bowed his head, and he said, Jesus, come into my heart. I'll make you my senior partner. Do with my life whatever you want. That was in April. Word got out that this Imperial uh, captain of the Pearl Harbor bombing now changed from being a Shinto to being a Christian. And word got out. And it got to Jacob DeShazer that he had read his track. Jacob DeShazer was reading, was gonna have a crusade in Osaka, Japan in 1950 in May. So just months after Mr. Fuchito had given his life, he was invited to be with Jacob DeShazer at the Osaka Crusade in Japan. And I want you to get this picture because when you make Jesus your senior partner, I wanna tell you something, God, God's version of abundance is so extravagant, but sometimes man just gets their mind on one thing and that's the material, but God's version of abundance is so vast and so wide, and it's about his purpose in the end. On that stage in Osaka, Japan, was Jacob DeShazer, who was of General Doolittle's Raiders, who bombed the Japanese at one point, hated them at one point. Standing right next to him was Mitsu Fujito, who was the commander of the planes that bombed Pearl Harbor. And together, they met on that particular day, they shook hands, they hugged one another's neck, and they preached to the Japanese people that you can now be redeemed, you can be made righteous, God can give you a brand new beginning in your life. They struck up a friendship that lasted for the next 20 years and preached the gospel all up and down Japan and told people of God's love and God's grace, amen, hugging each other's neck and dear friends they became. How many of you know that could only happen because of the grace of God? And when you make Jesus senior partner of your life, the Lord of your life, and say, Lord, my life is yours, I tell you, you better buckle your seatbelt because God is about to show you some things you could have never believed You're, you, with, w- w- in your own self. He's about to show you things you could have never imagined. And I want to tell you, because God, the Bible says, is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. God is about ready to upgrade somebody's life today. How many are in this room and are ready for an upgrade in your life for anything and everything God has for your life? As I conclude, I just want you to know in this altar time, and we're going to pray. Before we do, would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now and let's just begin to bless his wonderful name. The Bible says to give voice to praise. So I'd like for you to just lift your voice with me right now and begin to bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord for his wonderful goodness to the children of men. Lord, we bless you in this room. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would touch the hearts of your people in a supernatural way. Thank you for what you're doing in this moment. Upgrading our capacity to receive, to see and to receive all that you have for us. We're ready, Lord. We are ready. We surrender. We yield. And we give our life over to you right now. And we need you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah saying, I believe that God is right now making up lost time for a lot of people. You toiled for a long time, came up empty in your life. But I want to tell you something, God is making up for the lost time, all the time that you have been doing it yourself. There's about to be a momentum in your life because God can do things quickly, suddenly, and accelerate. not just going to make God useful for things to us. And I love Him because of what I have. God is precious, not because of what I have, because of what he's already done in Jesus Christ. Serving is our activity, sonship is our identity. And our prayer is that our eyes would be open. Every one of us in this room were created for the deep. And I believe that what you have been going through right now is a divine setup. Whatever has been going on in your life, God has been moving in your life with intent to upgrade your heart, to show you his blessing and his purpose. Peter was called out of familiarity and called into a place of deafness, where he was, where that was beyond his present moment. God is calling you right now to trust him above the level of your current circumstance. God is calling calling you to trust him above where you are, what you've been going through, what you've been walking through. God is calling you and he's wanting to show you, hey, I've got so much more for you. I'm gonna upgrade your capacity so that you can receive all that I have for you in your life. And while your heads are bowed for just a moment, eyes are closed. If you're in this room and say, Pastor, this message is speaking to my life right now. I have been wallowing in the flatlands of mediocrity and I have been doing so, I have been spiraling. I have been spiraling in a world of negativity and a world of self-sabotage. I am ready to come up out of that. I am, I am putting myself halt right now and I'm saying, God, I need you in my life. I am ready for an upgrade in my life. I'm ready to see what you are trying to show me. I'm ready to receive what you have for me. If you're in this room right now and say, Pastor, I'm ready for an upgrade in my life from where I've been to what God would have me to become. I want you just to lift your hand real high and say, pray for me this morning. I'm ready for an upgrade in my life. Thank you so much. Come on, lift your hands real high. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All up everywhere in this church. You're ready for an upgrade. Tired of low living, tired of mediocrity, tired of just going along to get along. I'm ready to come up higher. I'm ready for all that God has for me. Anyone else, lift your hand real high and say, pray for me today. Amen. You may lower your hands for just a moment. I believe that some of you have been toiling. You've been trying in and of yourself. The Lord is calling you today. It is time to make Jesus the senior partner of your life it is time to make jesus lord everybody say lord and savior of your life because when you give your life to him you may be here and away from god you may be here and have never ever been born again you've never been saved i'm here to tell you this is the day that god has made for you this is a day of salvation it is now right now the acceptable time And if you will open up your heart, if you've been away from God, never been saved, if you've been trying to live your life in your own strength, in your own power, today is the day to say, my life is yours, God. I make you my senior partner. And if you're here, I want you just to lift your hand and say, pray for me right now. I'm ready to make Jesus the Lord and Savior. I'm ready. Come on, lift it real high so I can see. Come on, thank you so much. Thank you. the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm going to have our prayer partners come and the elders are going to come and they're going to pray with you today. Today is a day for your upgrade, whatever you're going through. Jesus is Lord. I'm here to tell you, whatever you've been going through is a divine setup. The places that came up empty in your life are going to be the very places that God is going to bring increase in your life. Would you stand to your feet, everybody standing? to your feet.